0: Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 24th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the gentleman that finished last in our Coach's Challenge yesterday. (laughs) I still love him. Uh, You know, he did take a little abuse today. We compared his selections to... Uh, Our man from the office shooting some foul shots and warming up so he's taking some heat but here's before he even speaks and I introduce him yes I was second to last so I am eating crow as well so neither one of us can uh, puff our chests out too much today but I have been speaking all this time about the man the
1: myth the legend
0: Andrew Hansen.
1: Well, I like the end of that introduction a little bit better than the beginning. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but you're right.
0: Just headed off at the pass, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I sw- I swung for the fences last night in our coaches challenge contest for DFS Coach Talk, and that's what you have to do because the only prize that matters is first place in those. And I like I like the thinking. That's yeah,
0: true. yeah, that is
1: true. And, but this is part of the game. It it is um. It's a marathon, not a sprint when you're playing any sort of simulation. I mean, you look at Porzingis, 24 of his 51 fantasy point totals this season have been over 40. So that's almost half. So you'd figure he's probably going to get over 40 fantasy points. And I got 19.1 out of him yesterday. So did
0: I, buddy. Yeah. So did I.
1: <laughs> West and Westbrook got like 33 fantasy points, you know, not even close to his average. So, you know, that's part of it. It's okay. That's uh, thankfully, yeah. we have another another day tonight to get back uh, after it.
0: We do. Our members were giving us a hard time, and we deserved it. That's for sure. But uh, shout out to Lanny, Lanny coming through with uh, the very first point in this challenge. and if if uh, if our listeners don't know what we're talking about or missed yesterday, um, we are having a, a real fun contest in our discord with our members. And you can join in easily by going to DFSCoachTalk.com. That's our website. Join in. uh, Even if you get a week membership, everything that we have right now is frozen. We're not counting one day uh, towards anybody's membership until the NBA or Major League Baseball start back where we can actually play in those contests. So, it's it's awesome what we're doing maybe for the next two knows month, two months. Nobody knows uh, is just a lot of chatting in the discord, talking about strategy, talking about, you know, what to expect when both basketball and baseball uh, start up. And it's been a lot of fun. We're really having a good uh, uh, a good, robust discussion and, and just a, a lot of, you know, distraction from somewhat the reality we're in but uh in this challenge what we're doing is whoever wins three challenges because we're maxing it at like 20 20 folks just the the first 20 that get in whoever wins three of these challenges uh which is we're playing the fanduel simulation as as andrew said which are really hard to figure but hey by the way i want to mention one thing to you andrew uh, yeah, I'll, I'll remind me after I, I finish this so I don't lose my train of thought because okay. it, it was an important stat that that I wanted to look at that. All but right. um, to, so if you enter, uh, it's free, you enter. And the first one that wins three, uh, the first member that wins three gets a really cool DFS Coach Talk hoodie and a month free membership onto whatever membership they already have. And again, that doesn't start until sports gets back. And our pros that are in there, we're all battling for the famous hoodie as well, because we have uh, some stuff designed that's awesome, but we really haven't launched launched it yet because of the delay right now. So this will be like the only hoodie out there. So, so one of our pros is going to be posting a lot of cool pictures, and hopefully uh, one of our members, like Lanny, will be doing the same thing. So. We're excited about it. We're having fun with it, talking a lot of noise for sure. So uh, jump on and join that. But my point on on Andrew has done a really good, and I'll let you do maybe like the the 60-second explanation of how the simulation works for people. Because I think there's one quirk in there that was either just completely random or maybe we weren't correct on. But you and I both had, I don't know, maybe it was Westbrook. Uh, and... It was the exact same score, 33.2 or whatever. So does that mean that it's random for that guy and then that guy's random choice counts for everybody or everybody's individual one is random? Because
1: you and I had the same one for Westbrook. Yeah, no, it's the same. So ah. FanDuel's, FanDuel basically picks out of the hat one game that Westbrook played this season and everybody who picked him that night gets that fantasy point total.
0: Okay, gotcha. I understand that. So go ahead and give the quick spiel because
1: we won't have to talk about it by at least two shows. Everybody will know what it is. So Yeah, so if you missed the show yesterday, again, just to give you the basics so that you don't have to dig through the rules and try to figure out how this all works. And um, remember when you're listening
0: to this that that the man giving you advice finished last.
1: (laughs) 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 I'm I'm messing with you. I couldn't resist. (laughs) So here here, here are the three basics you need to know. On each slate, they list a matchup between two teams. So last night, the game we were talking about the most was Houston against Dallas. But in this simulation on FanDuel, there is no actual matchup between Houston and Dallas that's being simulated. So you don't have to worry about individual matchups, you know, who's going to guard whom, any of that stuff. What you get is, and I'll quote the rule again, Each player will be assigned a different random game. And the player there is the NBA player. So each NBA player on a given slate is going to be assigned one of the games he's already played that season. So for Westbrook last night, we happened to get the game when he got 32.6 fantasy points. So everybody who selected Westbrook last night got 32.6 fantasy points for Westbrook. Now, again whatever night that was, that's not necessarily the same night you're going to get as another Houston rocket. So we got 60 fantasy points from Harden. I'm assuming that was from a different NBA game last season. I have gone back and verified this just to be sure. Mm. So um, for other, other slates I've gone and verified. So you don't, you're you're getting individual players from a random NBA game. It could be the same as their teammates. It's probably going to be different. So that's, that's the next thing to remember, and then the final thing is that you don't—you're not going to get a DNP coach's decision. So, if you have right. one of these cheaper players who has 15 DNP's, that's—you're not going to get one of those. You might get a game where he played five minutes and got two fantasy points, but you're not going to get a game where he played zero minutes. Yeah. So it allows you only to take a little thing- bit more risk there.
0: Right. The only other thing I wanted to add is injuries don't matter either. Like if, for example, example Kyrie was out for, is out for the season, but he played. So if you played in a game, they got you on that list. So you know what? We need to find a guy that only played like one or two games and and had like a 30 or 40 point fantasy night. That I would think, be
1: perfect. I th- I think they have a minimum of 15 games played. Oh, right. To be in the pool. So, so I
0: can't cheat then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point, but anyway, that so don't be afraid to take the Kyries and the, you know guys like that because they're in there too. So, right. so we go for day two. We'll see how things go today. But what we're gonna do on on the podcast today is, uh, you know, we finished up all of the strategy uh, shows. The last four shows we've really dedicated. Uh, they're they're pretty long shows, but they they talked about everything from bankroll managed management to contest selection to uh you know uh, all just the strategy and the process that we use at dfs coach talk we went over uh the websites we go to to do our our homework and our preparation time so if if you really want to either get into dfs you know for the first time or you're in dfs and you want to take it up a level or you're really really good at it but just want to in this time where everybody has a little extra in time here uh, want to sharpen up on, on anything else, or just grab some other uh, opinions or views of things, uh, I would really recommend listening to those last four shows. That would be the one on the 23rd, 22nd, 21st and 20th. And uh, you can go to our YouTube channel, DFS coach talk and, and pull them all off of there very easily. And uh, all our podcasts are seven days a week. We will continue to podcast throughout this entire hiatus from sports. Uh, We're going to do several things, including uh, going through like we are today, the standings and sort of look at what to expect when they do come back, considering uh, we're going to assume they're going to play some form of regular season games prior to playoffs. We can even touch on. Uh, a scenario briefly where it, they just freeze it and start the playoffs from here. Um, so we'll go over that. And then we're going to have all of our pros take, we're going to split it up and all of us are doing uh, uh, guest hosting and every day from here to the next 15 days, we're going to take two NBA teams per day and just really break down where they're, where they're at, how they were playing was looking good who was hurt you know just so that you can brush up on and keep in mind uh, sort of where everything stood and it's a great one to take a couple of notes on and reminders because I guarantee you when that week before everything comes back everybody's going to be going nuts trying to get prepared for you know multiple sports starting at the same time because you know I would assume baseball basketball and hockey will all start you know, Day one when they're allowed to start And then not too far after that Football will get going So it's going to be wild um, So we, we're going to do that That'll be a lot of fun We also have a couple special guests That are really cool special guests That we're not going to tell We're going to make it a surprise But there's a few people Even outside of our, our DFS pros uh, That have agreed to join us For for one of the shows Or two of the shows So Keep an eye out for that. That's going to be a blast. And then what we're going to do after that, if, if we have a little more time, is we'll start breaking down baseball as a preview uh, for the season that's coming. So, you know, we're going to keep our ears open. Any news we hear, any rumblings of what could be, how the things are going to take place, you know, what are the rumors and et cetera. We'll always pass that on. We've got our, you know – ears and eyes on our computers 24 7 trying to determine when uh, we're going to be able to start getting out of this time but you know we i could tell you as a group and we've talked about it as a group of pros you know we're strongly promoting uh you know self-isolation if you don't have to go out don't and you know if your job uh forces you out, then that's fine. But, you know, let's make sure we try to do everything we can because without question, you know, and we've heard this term on the news all the time, but if we flatten this curve of the sickness, the sooner we'll be able to get back to normal life and sports. You know, if, if everybody sort of ignores it, then I think it extends longer and none of us want that. So plus, you know, every, we got people's lives on the line here. I know we're losing people Uh, Left and right so everybody's in our prayers we you know uh, we just recommend everybody hang tight and uh, we're taking a positive approach that this hiatus is going to be fantastic for us at DFS coach talk because we started off three weeks in phenomenal record 75% winning uh, built some you know a nice group of members jumping in and so you know it was hard for this the you know, just dead stop of things right there. But look at it this way. We're having a chance to hone everything in. We're doing a few tweaks to our website. We're uh, doing a few, uh, we're doing a lot of informational things we're posting. We're doing these podcasts. So there's a lot more synergy and just smooth nature of the way, you know, this is going to roll out instead of the, you know, you know how intense it gets when you're getting down a lock and everything else and everybody's scrambling but now you can actually step back and and take a look at this because i think you know i'll tell you right now and this is of the four shows that we did i want everybody to remember the contest selection piece of it because i think that's where a lot of people go wrong i really do from all the questions that i get on twitter and from our members it's like you know they're understanding the process they're listening You know, for the lineups, they're doing everything they need to do, but then they're getting in the wrong contest. So let's re-listen to that one and and focus on that, even for those guys uh, that play, that think they could be more profitable at this. I think that would be a really
1: good listen for them uh, going forward. So, yeah. And coach, just a reminder on those dates for our listeners, you and Mike touched on contest selection in the March 22nd show. And then you and I touched on it a lot more in the March 23rd show. So both of okay. those, I think, both of those, I think, are applicable. That's a good point. Yeah, and and
0: they did run into each other a little bit because of the overlap of, you know, it all, all has to do with bankroll management, everything else you're doing. So yeah, tune into those. And I have received some questions on Twitter and from our members uh, the last few days on on stuff, uh, questions coming out of those. Um, those discussions that we had. So, you know, what, one thing that's cool and I'll, I'll share one of the questions because I want to touch on that real quickly before we roll with this is uh, one of our members had asked me because I provide a and this is something that if you're listening to it for the first time, we're the only providers that provide a full DraftKings and FanDuel cash and GPP lineup. I provide the two cash lineups and either Andrew or Michael are two. GPP pros provide uh, the GPP lineup. So the question that came to me from one of our members was, you know, when you're talking about contest selection and bankroll management, you know, I only produce generally one lineup, my one cash lineup. And sometimes it'll be two if I'm really, really stretched on a few guys and can't make that decision. But generally, I'm rolling with one lineup and I've spent, you know, an entire day preparing it. And they asked me, what do you do as far as entering? Yes, I, we know you're entering that in cash, but when you play some of the GPPs, which I usually play about 25% of what I'm paying playing that night in GPPs, what lineup do you use? And my answer was, uh, what I will generally do, because I build my lineup as a cash lineup, but it almost doubles as a hybrid because... I, do take, I don't take, I do take quite as much risk as the GP play, plays, but I don't let ownership bother me. So I generally will have two guys in my lineup at least that are 2 or 3% owned. So I have a big differentiation there. So if I'm going to enter the $7.77 <clears throat> big tournament on FanDuel with the bankroll, I factor all mine in. I'll play my lineup in that and I'll play either Andrews or Mike's. I always play our GPP pros lineup in whatever GPP I'm entering. But, you know, for me, and and it'll be the same for some of you guys, if you're very confident in the cash type hybrid lineup you build, you can certainly play that in both. So that's done well for me because, uh, you know, my bread and butter is cash, but, I've had some good supplementary hits with Andrews and Michael's lineup, uh, which obviously is going to be a little different than mine. So if mine doesn't quite cut the mustard that night, then then I'm cashing with those guys. So I think that's – I wanted to answer that so that people knew, you know, when they got on there. you know, it, And we've also said, too, you know, if you have a guy you're really high on and you want to pivot off our lineups with one guy or even two, then go for it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We're not uh, saying – you know, your knowledge in it is not as good for sure. Or you can do similar to what I do and, you know, play our lineup and your lineup and, and see uh, how it
1: rolls from there. So
0: anything else from any of that stuff you want to share, Andrew?
1: Oh, I would just add that I, I also like the idea of if you're a cash player, putting that lineup in a tournament because on a cash lineup, you are really searching for players with high floors, right? Right. Right. But you're not excluding players with high floors who also have high ceilings, right? There's a, yeah, so, there's a
0: crossover there for so sure.
1: that's what you're really shooting for. And so there's absolutely no reason why a collection of high floor players can't perform well in a tournament and also exhibit their high ceilings.
0: Yeah, and that's a, a lot of times, you know, Andrew and I or Mike and I will put out a lineup. And out of the uh, eight guys, we may have five the same. Right. And that's just for that exact reason. You know, if you put Harden in there, you know, you feel pretty damn good. He's going to get you thirty five or forty at the on his horrible night, you know. Right. So I get it. You know, it would definitely works well that way. All right, man, let's dive into this. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to jump in and we're just going to chit chat or make this conversational. So we're starting in the Eastern Conference. We know how fantastic Milwaukee's been. They are uh, 53 and 12, and 81% winning percentage. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good, man. Uh, they're a full six and a half games in first. You know, one thing I'll say about the Bucks that they've done well, which now sort of gets all shot out of the water, but they had really rested Giannis a lot. They have blown so many people out that they've been able to not have a heavy load, and that would I think would have played out paid off in spades for them in the playoffs they were so set up to make a run and that's the only tough part about this this layoff evens the playing field for everybody like the team that's right behind them the toronto raptors who uh, nurse led the league in playing his guys minutes three of the top 10 in the league uh minutes played per game are lowry van vliet and siakam so he's the new Thibodeau, if you will. So I just, I wanted to mention that because I think the, the edge that Milwaukee really had developed through the year and that momentum and that resting of guys is all for naught. So that difference between those teams and even Boston and Miami that are on their heels, I think that all tightens. So, if they come back and play, you know, and Andrew and I have talked about this a million times and we've sort of come to the conclusion that we think they'll play like 10 regular season games and then go into the playoffs. That's just our guess. We don't have that as knowledge, but we, you know, that's one of the scenarios they've talked about. So I'm expecting Milwaukee uh, to not be as dominant. That's just my own thought. And something to think about because when we get back into DFS, the Milwaukees of the world, I think you're going to be able to see a, a few more minutes of their main guys because I think they're going to be in tighter games. I don't think they're going to blow as many people out. And I you know, I think I'll be rostering a little more Milwaukee right off the bat. What about what's your take?
1: Interesting. Yeah, the, the rest piece is, is huge. Uh, for Milwaukee, I think the key will just be – to monitor how how far ahead are they in the standings. They've got the East well in hand. I don't think they can lose it. I don't no, think but it's almost impossible. The Lakers are a little bit closer if you're talking about overall seed for potential. That's true. You know They're two back in the lost column. So yeah. that would be the one thing I'd watch with Milwaukee. But I agree. I, I want to follow up on that point with Toronto. They have played really heavy minutes for a lot of their guys. And I think this will be – A big advantage for teams to have, whether it be six to 12 weeks off, those guys are going to rest a lot. Then eventually there's going to be a ramp up period where they get back into it. And it's almost going to be like a whole new season. They're going to have this unexpected break that their bodies aren't used to. It's sort of like what happened with LeBron missing the playoffs for the first time in forever last year. And then look what he came back as this year with that extra rest i think a lot of the guys in the nba are really going to benefit from that uh, extra extra rest period that's a perfect point you know and that
0: leads me into the other point is don't be afraid to play veterans when they come back you know the, the weird guys and are like paul millsap that's a perfect example in my opinion of a yes. guy that was on and off all year he was hurt half the time you know, you'd have some flashes of great games, but now the fact that, you know, this is so unprecedented, first of all, guys like him and and LeBron's and, and all the, the the vets, they know their bodies. They know what point, what level they're at a lot more than young guys, young guys just go out and play, play, play. They, you know, so I think you're going to see, you know, a a little bit of a spike in how those veterans uh, perform right away. So just, just a thought to keep in mind, but I agree with you. I, going from Milwaukee to Toronto, I think Toronto, uh, this is going to be a huge benefit for them because they're not a deep team, but their main guys are really tough, and they were fighting injuries like crazy. Van Vliet had just missed, you know. We know that Lowry was out for a while. Uh, Gasol was out games. Gasol. So if they all come back healthy and focused, and know it's a short Season and they're the champs. They could be tough.
1: Yeah, and just to give the the overview again, each team in the NBA has between 15 and 19 games remaining. So that's part of the reason why you and I have predicted that they're going to try to get in 10 games, right, to give everybody a chance at more games, more revenue, more exposure for their fans, more of the the healing process, and of course to finish out or at least get closer to finishing out some of these great tight races where we had for seedings and being in or out of the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, no one knows we're all guessing, but um, you know, there's a lot of interesting positions here. Like let's, let's look at the next two teams. Boston is 43 and 21 and Miami is 41 and 24. They're sitting third and fourth and they've been sort of flipping flip-flopping e- each other a couple of times in the in the standings this year but two teams that are very dangerous you know boston's another team that's been hit hard by injury and uh you know but they're still i mean they're playing great ball they're they're you know 667 tw- 67 winning percentage is pretty darn good you know when you've uh won more than double the games that you've lost that's that's an accomplishment within itself but I think this, you know, this respite could be decent for them, too. You know, Hayward's not as young as he used to be. Uh, Kemba, same thing. You know, those guys can probably use a little rest. But, you know, the momentum you had with, with like, uh, Tatum and a few of them, that, you know, may not be as as, uh, big of a deal. But, you know, Boston, everybody has said they were going to pick up a center all year, but they they didn't. They've just... uh, primarily use tice and a little bit of canner and and it's gotten it done for them so uh you know i think boston's in the mix when they come back i don't know if this layoffs much you know of either side of the coin for them though
1: i think i think boston is very dangerous in the east uh, they're they're my first pick to come out of the east if it's not going to be milwaukee well that's and- your favorite team no, but it's uh, it's just being objective because you mentioned oh, all those okay. weapons. They've all been in and out of the lineup. We haven't yeah. seen Boston be healthy with all those guys, and they're going to be a matchup nightmare for anybody to have. They are. Kemba, they are. Smart, Tatum, Brown, Hayward. I mean, that's that is dangerous. A, that's but can
0: ma- they win without a real true good center, though?
1: Yeah, I have faith in Brad Stevens. You know, Again, he's going to be able to game plan – as well as or better than any other coach in the East against Milwaukee. No yeah. yeah.
0: He's a top three coach to me, Brad Stevens, top yes. three in the league. And that, you know, I think coaching is the most under underrated thing in the world. Hence my name coach. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think even in the NBA, a lot of people say, well, those pro guys, yeah, I mean, they're, they make 15 times what the coach makes. They're not going to listen to the coach. Well, that's not true. You, you look at the teams that are winning and the teams that have won Reese, you know, look at the champions you've got, you know, the Greg Popovich with a bunch and, uh, you know, Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley combo, you know, you got all these, I mean, these guys are all winners. Coach Bud's fantastic. You know, they're not, they're very seldom. Do you see any chump coaches slide in and, and win anything even, you know, Even the Mavs, when they won it with with Carlisle, I really respect his ability to coach. And you'll see a lot of the teams that are favorites or close to favorites, if they have a questionable coach, uh, they end up getting knocked out in the playoffs. So for anybody that doesn't think that's important, you need to pay attention to that. And that's a big thing in DFS, too. I don't care what you say. You know, if you've got to know the coaches, their rotations and, and how they play players, uh, or you're really shooting yourself in the foot.
1: Yeah, and, and speaking of coaches in that Eastern Conference, as we get to those next two teams, five and six, yeah. Indiana and Philly. Yep. They are tied for fifth and six right now. So if right. the season ends and there is no additional games, there are no additional games played in the regular season, then Indiana wins the tiebreaker as the fifth seed. They are two and one against Philly. Uh-huh. And then that means that Philly plays would play Boston in the first round, which, you know, the reason I'm mentioning it now is, well, they're next in the standings. But also Coach Brown in Philly, of course, has taken a lot of heat. And, oh, yeah. And, and deservedly slow, in my opinion. But Yeah, and so that would be a really interesting matchup, Philly and Boston, because Ooh. Boston has had their number in the playoffs. Yep, but know. it was because of Horford, somewhat. <laughs> that, that's true. He has He has switched sides. Um, but although Boston was so successful against Philly last year and in the playoffs, this year Philly is actually three and one against Boston. Really? So, yeah, perhaps Horford has made uh, you know a pretty significant difference. Hmm. Um, but so that that's an interesting potential matchup um, because again, when they met in the playoffs last, Boston didn't have much trouble with them at all.
0: Exactly. And like you said, they're both tied, thirty nine and twenty six. Now on the Indiana side you know, Brogdon had a a pretty serious hip injury and it looked like he was going to be out for an extended period of time. This could, he could be one of those few guys that this truly, truly benefits. Um, I'm sure he's continuing to rehab that and maybe they'll have the opportunity now to have him back because he's absolutely pivotal in any type of run that the Pacers are going to make.
1: Yeah. And, um, I want to mention one more point about Philly. Okay. Um, so they're in that sixth seed, right? And so if they're going to be – if they keep stay in that same slot, you might think, well, they're, they'll be happy playing Boston because they're 3-1 and one against them this year. I but don't think they want to play Boston. I, I don't either. But So the interesting thing is their schedule. They have one of the easiest schedules coming up. If Ooh. If they play another 10 regular season games, check out seven of these 10. They get to play Washington, Charlotte atlanta minnesota chicago phoenix and portland wow so they have a real opportunity to get either to the five spot maybe even the four spot and get home court yeah and so it'll be fun to watch you know that dynamic will coach brown be able to get them to rise to the occasion because they really have not been trending in the right direction they went five and five in their last ten
0: yeah they were they were really uh coming apart at the seams you started hearing Rumors that Embiid said he couldn't play with Simmons because of the style ball he played he needed the floor spread and you know you started getting all those inner turmoil rumors some of them might not be true but I'm just saying when things start when the Sharks uh, start circling and you're not winning and you're in a market like Philly uh, you know you're exposed pretty quick so they're I mean they're 39 and 26 13 games over 500 that's not that bad considering they've had to deal with a lot of injuries, including Embiid and Simmons, etc. So, you know, we'll see how that comes back together and if, if he's able to save his job. Because if they do stay in that slot, like six or whatever, and they lose in the first round, I, you got to think he's gone for sure.
1: Yeah, I would think so.
0: Yeah, so there'll so, be a coach, lot of
1: pressure. Yeah. Speaking about that tiebreaker with fifth and sixth, mm-hmm. you got me thinking here before this show. And I've I've got a question for you because something is happening up here in high school ball in New Hampshire that has me very perplexed. Okay. And you have you, of course, have a great history coaching at that level. You were coaching against Kobe in that state championship game when he was a senior. Yeah. Your squad, your squad got to face Kobe and Lower Marion. We did. Uh, so the Erie, you,
0: Erie Cathedral Prep. That was my my team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you know all about uh postseason tournaments, championships, runner up, runners up. So get this in, in New Hampshire high school basketball, the state playoffs were were postponed when the the girls' teams were stuck in the semifinals. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna describe the bracket to you and then I'm gonna ask you who is your champion and who is your runner up. All right. Okay. On one side of the bracket it's the one seed against the four seed and on the other side of the bracket it's the six seed against the ten seed. Wow so if you're gonna if you're gonna award a champion and a runner-up without playing any more games, what would you do?
0: Well I don't think you can uh, How can you say who's gonna win it and who's gonna be the runner-up if if it's not played I mean if if you're basing it on, you know their record. That's not fair because strength of schedule. I mean, we when we were in that uh, state championship game, we had lost seven ball games that year. But we played uh, Dunbar. We played Detroit Country Day with with Chris Weber. We you know we played Dematha. We played in a tournament in East Tennessee with uh, players that ended up going on to play at East Tennessee State. Uh, and led them to the, the Sweet 16. So, you know, for us in an example like that, if you, if we got stuck that year in the Final Four, we, they, by that they would have probably put us fourth. But right. we ended up almost beating Kobe and Lower Mary. We only lost by six. So I don't think anybody that's trying to award those should do that. I think the bottom line is, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to ever be able to play those and it is what it is and the there's just not a champion. I think that you can celebrate all four of those teams for going as far. They can hang a banner and say final four, you know, New Hampshire girls championship whatever and just relish in that, all share in the victory because it is completely unfair to dictate uh, a first and a second. And certainly in a case like that. I mean, if you're going to give it to the first and second seed, well, you can't. I mean, that's even more stupid because they have to play each other. and one They can't be first and second. So I would just not even do it
1: personally. Well, they seem to have some guiding principle that they need to do that. They need to award a champion and a runner up. So yeah. here's what they did. Here's what they did. They gave the championship. No, no, they gave they made co-champions of the one seed and the six seed. And they left out the four seed just because yeah. they're on opposite sides of the bracket. So they Jeez. said we're gonna take the highest seed on each side of the bracket, make them co-champions, that's and every the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Everybody else is a runner-up. So the four seed is a runner-up to the six seed, even though they had a better record than them, same schedule. They beat them head-to-head by 15 points. I mean, can you believe that? No, that's have totally- you ever you heard know, of a tiebreaker? You know tie what that
0: is. I, I guarantee you, there's somebody. That's associated with that school or part of the governing board in New Hampshire or a booster or somebody that had to do with that, because that makes no sense at all. I'd
1: be yeah. furious. I, I am, too, furious. just as a as a as a general fan and somebody who likes things to be decided fairly. I mean, we've all seen it hundreds of times. You know, every year you look at well, what's the tiebreaker here. Yeah. first thing you usually look at is head to head. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've just never, ever heard of, well, highest remaining seed on each side of the bracket are co-champions. It's just absurd. I just wanted to make sure you know, I wasn't going the insane beauty up here. Of
0: basketball is you have to lace them up and you have to play the game and anything can happen. I mean, you know, that that season, uh, you know, that memorable season, actually the season we we won it in ninety three when we were the state champions there were some crazy stuff that happened that year we we were not rated uh you know the big thing then at usa today this was pre-internet stuff so usa today was everybody followed the the high school top 25 in there religiously in men's and and boys and girls we had just cracked into like 23 so erie cathedral prep we were like 12 and 1 we were in the top 25 we're all fired up well, we got to play the number two team in the country, which was Cleveland St. Joe's. And a, they had a guy by the name of Treg Lee. He went on to play at Ohio State, All-American. He was awesome. And they came in to play in our McDonald's Classic, which was held at Gannon University, where I went to school. Uh, and we played them in the uh, first round because we, we were the four seed. The other two teams were, were strong, Dunbar and I think DeMatha. I believe we're in this. It was one of the best tournaments in the country. I mean, it got a lot of press. So it, we seeded it fairly. You know, we, we Cleveland St. Joe's the best team. We were, we're the fourth team on that list. So we, we played them in the first round. Uh, it went to overtime. And kid, kid, uh, you got me started on talking basketball. We're in trouble. <laughs> kid, uh, for my team, John Trokey, he hit a three pointer at the buzzer in overtime to beat Cleveland St. Joe's. So, you know, here we are, we beat the second t- team in the nation, boom, just like that. Well, don't you know, in our league play, the one of our public schools, uh, Strong Vincent, who was just not that good of a team, or like a 500 team, don't they come out and beat us? And, you know, we just weren't ready to play. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I just, I tell that story because, you know, that's why you lace them up. So anybody that gives anybody any kind of championship without the games being played is full of crap because, Anything can happen on a given uh, night, and you can't count anybody in or out. And to do it by statistical, whatever they're thinking in New Hampshire, there just doesn't make any sense. So anyway.
1: Agreed. All right. Well, I digress. Thank you for that.
0: You know what? We're gonna. We have to do a show sometime. I would love to do a show where I get to talk about my old coaching days with with Erie Cathedral Prep because there's some fantastic stories. You know, Jed Ryan played for me, six nine kid out of Girard PA, little tiny town. He ended up to go on to Penn and be a superstar there. His sophomore year, he uh he hit a record, I think nine threes at the time in the first half to take Penn to the sweet sixteen. I'll have to look that stuff up, but I could tell a lot of really cool stories about guys and you know, you know, how they came to play against him. My Keith niece, and this will be near and dear to your heart, my point guard that Kobe dunked over by the way, sort of that, the picture in the front of the paper for on all the papers where Keith was bending down, like ducking a little bit. And Kobe has like the leg spread and, and dunking over top of him, And that was of course the picture, you know, we always given, uh, Keith trouble for that. All these years talking, that was like the early days of teabag, uh, but uh, he's now a super powerful attorney. So I, you know, I know if I'm ever in trouble, I know he's got my back, but there
1: uh, you go. Anyway.
0: Okay. I won't go on, but we will do that someday. If anybody's interested in it, there have some great stories. Plus the players we played against. I mean, I'll tell you to see some of those guys in person, play is just was was mind-boggling but all right here we go brooklyn and orlando are in the last two spots they're both 30 well one's 30 and 34 one's 30 and 35 but they have a massive lead over the ninth place team washington which is 24 and 40 so let's agree that pretty much the east eight teams not the order but the eight teams are set i agree so we know who's going to be in, who's going to be out. So that's that pretty much takes care of that. And the other thing is they can't catch Philly that's nine wins ahead of them. So all it depends is which one of Brooklyn and or Orlando are going to be the seventh and eighth seed. So I don't know how how much, you know, if it's a 10-game regular season, if they're going to really have to push that hard. You know, they may be just...
1: As weird as it sounds, may be able to coast a little bit and prepare for the playoffs. Yeah, I think the only thing they would probably try to secure spot number seven to be able to play Toronto or Boston instead of Milwaukee. Yeah, so I, I think guess. that would be the only thing.
0: I'm just not see, I, I know I'm crazy, but I'm just not convinced in in a that Milwaukee's just an automatic. I know everybody kept saying they're they've got just a, a breeze to the finals, but I don't know. I mean, if you look at you look at Toronto and Nick Nurse, Boston and Brad Stevens, and Miami and Eric Spoelstra, I'd be scared stiff if I was the team uh, above them. So
1: I don't know. Yeah, I've uh, I've got an investment in the Celtics to win their division and also win the east so
0: oh a little uh vegas prop bet early on
1: yep so i'd like to i'd like to see the celtics and the bucks get to the eastern conference finals and see what happens i think it would be a really exciting matchup i can't wait all right let's gloss
0: over these teams in the east that have been eliminated just for the dfs purposes first two are washington and charlotte uh we know Bradley Beal was one of the highest owned guys um, in the entire uh, DFS community because his usage has been in the top five all year. Uh, He's been terrific. I expect he'll continue to do well. Um, And then Charlotte, you know, with the evolution of Devontae Graham becoming, I mean, he was a guy in my year-long league uh, where we don't go too deep. He wasn't even drafted and here he's the best player on the stinking team. So he's been quite a Cinderella story.
1: Yeah, he's been a lot of fun to watch. I am I am a big fan of him as a Jayhawk fan. Ah, um, so that's been so a So you knew surprise. he had it in him, huh? Yep, yep. Guy's a winner, gamer, played in a lot of big games. So with that extra college experience, it makes it even less surprising.
0: Yeah, just like Kemba with Connecticut. Same yep. kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, I think you'll see the regular stuff from those guys. Davis Bertans was everybody in the world tried trading for him at the break and Washington wouldn't give him up. Uh Washington feels, you know, they feel like they have a nucleus there, which they very well may with uh some of those guys, you know, Napier's a nice little point guard that's just never really gotten a chance and, you know, with Beal and Wall coming back next year probably, you know, and uh Breton's emerging and and some of the young dudes they got. Uh, Hashimura looks very promising. You know, I don't I don't think it's, for once, it's not bad. If you're
1: a Wizards fan, you got to have some hope going forward. Yeah, a little bit of hope. I, I do like some of those pieces. If, a, if Wall sticks around, gets healthy, gets back into the rotation, then you figure Napier is one of the best backup point guards that you'll have in the NBA. So that is a, a great piece to have. Bertans yeah. is Bertans is certainly on the upswing. Love his game. Um, just a can, tremendous shooter. Shoot it, man. He doesn't even need like one second to get that ball up. He's like Curry and and uh, Clay. Clay. Yeah. Yeah. But I I just um I don't like the chemistry with Wall and Beal. So they're they're saddled with his contract, Beal's contract. Yeah. So I think that'll be the big thing to look at in the next couple of years with them. Yeah, how that plays out. And if anybody wants Wall,
0: I know they tried to move him, but nobody would take him. Right. So, yeah, but he does have a massive contract. Then you've got the Bulls and the crazy Knicks. I don't even know where to start with either one of those teams. I would not, you know, the Bulls have, you know, with Levine and and certainly the emergence of my man that took down some stuff for me. The fro himself, Kobe White. Uh, was really stepped up. So I guess they're, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. You know, he's, they've got some good pieces. Whereas the Knicks, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They've got all the, all the power forwards Uh, for all these teams at the bottom of the East. To me, it's going to be more watching if there are more regular season games, where do they finish in the standings in order to try to increase their chances of a high draft pick in the lottery next year? Yeah. And I wanted to mention a website for folks who haven't seen it. It's called tankathon.com. Yeah. Um, normally, what that has is it has the remaining strength of schedule. So you can start to look at how you think teams might move up or down in the standings. I've whether, seen that. It's cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, so w- whether you're looking at you know who might have a chance to move up for playoffs or who might move down for the lottery odds – but the problem is right now they don't have the strength of schedule on there. It's, oh. All, since all the games are technically postponed, they just have everybody as even. As is now. Yeah, they don't have the strength of schedule. They have it listed in terms of the order for the ping pong balls, but yeah, they don't have it ordered for remaining strength of schedule. So you kind of have to dig in to look at how these teams might try to, again, move up or down the standings.
0: Well, I mean, I agree with you. I think tanking is is a smart thing if you can get a higher pick. But as we've seen now that they've flattened out that percentage to, you know, anybody could really win the the ping pong thing. I mean, last year, there's also a website once the season is over that you can go on and you can do a simulation of how the ping pong balls are drawn. You know, there's a A way that they do it and you know you can just do it multiple times and see who comes up with it and my son kept coming up with it he said oh the Mavericks got the first pick this time dad you know like we were all thinking the Mavericks could do uh, could do it and get Zion well guess what you know who had the exact same odds as the Mavericks for that number one pick the damn Pelicans and they got it so they (laughs) they were way down the list but boom they got Zion so I, I don't think tanking is nearly as bad of a problem as it used to be, just because they've sort of flattened out that selection and you're not guaranteed anything. You know, you yeah. could have the worst record by a mile and, and still be picking
1: fourth. Yeah, it's much flatter now. The top three worst records all have an equal 14% chance yeah, of that that's, top pick. Yeah, that's 10. garbage.
0: Yeah, who won? I mean, that's nothing. It used to be like literally like 40% or something. I think so, it was
1: 25 most recently. It, yeah. it, it may have been higher than that before that.
0: Yeah, they keep shift. kept shifting and shifting because teams were tanking so bad, you know, hence Philadelphia and all the stuff that they did. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at, at what point, you know, let's look at these last three teams, for example. Detroit's got 20 wins, Atlanta 20, and Cleveland 19. So let's say you come back for 10 games. Do you try to endear your fans – and finish seven and three or six and four and give them something to be excited about and look forward to next year. I think there's a lot of value in that. Or is it better to go one and nine and have a 1%, 2% chance better of getting the first pick? I, I sort of think Silver solved it because if I'm coaching one of those teams, I want to hang my hat on a strong finish and giving them something to look forward to, especially the Hawks. That dude's job is on the line, by the way. They're they're twenty and forty seven with Trey and John Collins in a team that was supposed to push for the eighth spot. A lot of people picked them making the playoffs this year, and to be twenty seven games uh, below five hundred, I think he's he's in danger. He needs to finish seven and three or something like that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think Atlanta is the team most likely to keep winning out of those three for the reasons you mentioned. I think he'll get a little bit of a pass with John Collins missing all that time. But, yeah, with, with Trey Young and those other young players, you'd think they would have done a little bit better. But to me, it's it's more of a contrast with Detroit and Cleveland. Detroit yeah. seems they, intent they, on going straight to the bottom. Oh, they gutted the entire team. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to get rid of Reggie Jackson and just turn it over to all those Drummond, other guys. They, dru- they gave
0: Drummond up for nothing.
1: Yeah, gave Drummond up for nothing. Then you get rid of Reggie Jackson. They're obviously trying to tank. Cleveland, on the other hand, I think they're doing what you were talking about as that alternative. They're trying to give some sort of positive presentation to their fans with still having Love and Drummond and you know Nance and Thompson. I mean, that's at least some entertainment. You've got Sexton, so you've got these young guards Garland, where
0: Porter, yeah, there's some
1: hope there. there. There's some hope there, and at least some entertainment with some you know legit NBA players. But Detroit is. Like seemingly trying to just completely go in the opposite direction. I mean, they're just they're just uh, hell bent on losing. the the yeah. only The only positive thing there, glimmer of hope, step in the right direction, is picking up Jordan McRae and seeing if he can be a good fit.
0: The thing with Jordan McRae, though, he has been a journeyman. For so long and got cut so many times There has to be a reason So I don't I mean he seems like a good guy Doesn't seem like a bad locker room guy I know he's not a good defender But you know guys like that You know I don't know if you build Around them they're nice Little pieces to have If you have a, a good nucleus But if we're if, if the first guy We're going to talk about
1: as positive For Detroit is him uh, That's not good yeah he's he's a guy to watch though in fantasy I think if if we get more regular season games from the Pistons I think they're going to take a real a real close look at him and see how he performs Uh, so he's a guy that I would invest in Sekou Doumbouyou he he started
0: out like a world of fire in those first few games and then the reality of the NBA I think got him and he you know he started playing a lot uh, less effective but he showed signs and the dude's like 19 so You know, at least they have that one body from last year's draft to to help them a little bit. But I think the Hawks, if the Hawks make a couple of nice moves, you know, Vince Carter's going to finally retire and and all that stuff. And so if they, you know, with a nucleus of Trey Young and John Collins and, you know, Herder and Hunter is tough. Reddish is going to be I mean, they've got a great future, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. They're going to be exciting to watch.
0: And the Cavs, that's my sad story of the year. John Beeline, close friend of mine, uh, coached at LeMoyne College. I knew him real, real well for years. We did camps together. You know, he's such a well-respected guy, but, man, he just – it just ate him alive, and he resigned. But he stayed with the Cavs. He's in their front office, so he's fine. But that was a shame because he's a hell of a coach, and – uh I think just the situation, the pressure with Love, and then Thompson was gonna go, and they had no idea if they were in a rebuild or trying to make the last spot in the playoffs, and then they had all that turmoil with Love, you know, standing in the paint for 25 seconds because they wouldn't (laughs) give him the ball, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah, and you know stuff like that. So it was that was a bummer, but. I hope for Cleveland's sake that they they come back. I think, you know, my my son pointed out, it was just hilarious, how fast the NBA changes. I mean, you you think you know what's going on, but the one game we were watching, it was Cleveland against Golden State. Here's two teams that faced each other for four straight championships just not that long ago. I mean, very, very short time ago. And they're the worst two teams in the league, 15 and 19 wins two worst teams in the league just in a couple of years, boom, just like that. So hard to say, man.
1: Yeah, it's just incredible with the shorter contracts, more player movement, and then injuries. That's, it's, I mean, those are really the the variables that led us to this. But, yeah, shocking turn of events. Absolutely.
0: All right, let's biz through the West. We've got the Lakers at top, pretty strong five-and-a-half game uh, lead over the Clippers. The Nuggets are only like a game and a half here behind the Clippers. So, you know, those are the three teams everybody seems to be talking the most about. I still believe it will come down to that two L.A. teams. Um, You know, both teams had a few injuries. This will give those teams a time to rest. But then alluding to what I said at the beginning, I think you're going to see the the veterans who understand how to adjust to something like this a lot easier than the young dudes. I think you're going to see the LeBrons and Kawhis and Paul Georges and even Dwight Howards and JaVale McGee's. I mean, just the fact, if you've been in the league for 10, 11 years, 12 years, you know, there, there, there were, you know, maybe a stoppage because of contract or, you know, there were different times where there were things they had to adjust to. Whereas the young guys they're, I mean, they're just totally probably going nuts because they have no idea what's happening. They've never – I bet you most of those guys, since they were like five years old, have never gone this long without literally competing on the basketball court against somebody. So how are they going to react to that is a question, but I think it gives the two L.A. teams the edge.
1: Yeah, I agree, and looking at those veterans, I think the one I'm going to be watching most closely is Paul George. you got to figure – He's really going to benefit from this, get get 100 percent healthy. And then in terms of fantasy, I'm going to be keeping an eye on his minutes when they come back, uh, yeah. because if, if his salary is down a little bit because of his recent performances, but he's in – he gets you know more minutes to start out with, then I think he could be a, a value play to start. I agree, and fact-check
0: time here for me. I know he had surgery on his shoulder or shoulders, one or the other. And that was the big thing that kept him out for so long, Um, you know, and and that I think he was coming back from. But didn't he add another injury to the mix there? I think it was a groin
1: injury, wasn't it?
0: It was something like that. I think it was because if it's an injury below the waist, those are the ones that concern me because, you know, that just the impact and and stuff, I think it takes a little longer. But you're right. He may be one of the top vets that is going to benefit the most. Uh, on this delay, maybe a him and like a Dame Lillard who wasn't at a hundred percent either. So, could be all right. Let's look at the four, five, six spot, uh, spots and seven because they're all like tied, it's crazy. And this has happened all year long. You've got Utah 41 and 23. Oklahoma, 40 and 24, Houston, 40 and 24, and the Mavs, 40 and 27. So you've got, you know, a game or two at the most between those four spots. And that's going to have a massive impact on uh, who they play. So I'm assuming that 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 could be the cluster of teams that fight the hardest to maybe get a home court and certainly trying to avoid the two
1: L.A.'s. Yeah, that's the group that I was looking at the most here in terms of their schedules yep. and tra- trying to project how they might come out of the gates if we get some more regular season. And I'm, I'm starting with Houston because they are technically the sixth seed right now. Oklahoma City gets the gets the tiebreaker against them. They're 2-1 and one against Houston. So right now, Houston as a sixth seed would have to go to Denver as the three seed. Yeah. And you know, Houston is two and one against Denver this year. They're two and one against Utah. So I, I don't think they're necessarily scared about either of those potential matchups. They would but be if the Clippers slide in the third, though, I think. That's true, and that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, but but I think what they're gonna do is not worry so much about who they would face is can they get home court? Because right now they're only a game out of fourth. True. They're one the one game behind Utah for that fourth seed. Um, So I think they're just going to push to at least get in that top four, get home court for the first round. So I agree. I think they're going to come out pretty hot. And then in terms of uh, Oklahoma City, you know, right now they have the tiebreaker against Houston. But they've got a pretty easy schedule coming up. Six of their next ten are against Minnesota, Washington, Memphis, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Golden State. Wow. Yep. Um, that's a big plus for them then yeah so i think there's going to be a lot of pressure on utah to try to stay in that four spot and and have home court because in addition to those six games that i just mentioned for oklahoma city having in their next 10 they also play utah and they play denver twice so utah is you know they we, we talk a lot about their home court advantage yeah um they're in a tough spot here with those guys right on their heels Yeah, I mean, and that's huge because a a game and a half, they're seventh
0: playing at the Clippers. Or if they stay where they're at, they get to host maybe a a Thunder or something at their own court. So, yeah, I I think those four teams, you can put a big circle around because you're going to see a hell of a lot of uh, Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Chris Paul and Shea and uh, Gallinari. Obviously, Westbrook and Harden are always going to be two of the highest owned guys. And you can almost sort of slide Covington into the bottom piece of that because he's been that sort of forward-center type guy that's that's been great. And then, of course, Luka and Porzingis for Dallas. So those those four teams, keep those in mind, put a star by them because they're in a mad scramble for literally having a shot or, or just limping in there. So I think that'll be a fun group to watch.
1: Yeah, and I've got Covington circled as well. You and I have played him a lot in those last few games before yeah, I mean, the, the talk shutdown. Talk stocks, too. Oh, I mean, Yeah, just Lord. what an incredible value. His price was not going up across the industry as quickly as it should have been. So yeah. that'll certainly be another fun thing to look at if we get some more regular season action. Is, has his price adjusted, or is he still a great value?
0: Yeah, I think I got him, and I could be dead wrong here, but I'm going to just pull this out because it's in my head. I think I got him for 5600 the game that he had for, four steals and four blocks and put and hit like four threes and I, and had a, just an all around fantastic game so he's a guy that I think is going to play a major role for Houston since it seems like they're committed to small ball for sure yes indeed all right let's talk about this next group because really there's one two three four five six teams that are all fighting for one spot and i think all all six of them have a true legitimate shot you have the grizzlies right now in that spot at 32 and 33 portland's 29 and 37 the pelicans 28 and 36 kings 28 and 36 spurs 27 and 36 and even the suns at 26 and 39 so you've got that whole group that really has a legitimate shot even if they play 10 games uh, if they can get on a run and make it. Because you look at this group, like, who do you think of those six teams has been the hottest before this break? Take a guess. Oh well I've got
1: it in front of me, but it's not the team I would not have oh, guessed you're Sacramento.
0: Cheating. <laughs> the Sacramento they're, they were seven and three in their last ten. So it gives you that, you know, it shows you that anybody that gets hot uh, can make it. And and let's look at the scenarios. You got, you know, John Morant who's just improved every game. He's going to be your rookie of the year more than likely for, I would say for sure. And you know, that team's not bad. Portland, uh, we know that if, you know, Dame and, and CJ and, and uh, even crazy old, uh, uh, who Carmelo? I can, Carmelo, you know, and then with Whiteside playing good ball and you know, who's going to benefit from this Nurkic. he'll be back ready to go when they, this break ends. So that changes the formula in Portland a little bit with what do you do with Nurkic and Whiteside? You can't play them on the floor together.
1: Yeah, it's a nice problem to have here for the stretch run, trying to push. And but I agree.
0: DFS kiss of death. I don't want either yeah. guy.
1: Oh, yeah, for DFS, yeah. But in terms of the team, I mean, all those teams in that group have – there's a narrative for each one of them to really push for that spot. Obviously, Memphis wants to hold on to it. Portland has those studs who went deep in the playoffs last year, who expect to be in the playoffs, so you know they're mm-hmm. going to push hard. The Pelicans have, you know, they they have their core now. They've got Zion involved, so they want to yeah. reach their potential as a group. The Kings, you know, you mentioned it; they're the hottest. They have plenty of talent with Fox and Heel Bogdanovich, and they've got their bigs mostly back healthy now. The Spurs mm-hmm. and Popovich, you know, they've never been can at, count him out. Never can count him out, and then the Suns. You know they've got the longest gap to try to catch up. They probably won't be able to do it, but certainly they want to see what they can, what they could accomplish in the playoffs. At least get a taste of it for for guys like Booker and, and Bridges. So um, that's going to be a fun group of of teams to watch. I agree, they're all going to be pushing pretty hard. And again, I'll mention the, the the part of it that I'm most interested in is is New Orleans yeah. trying to trying to track down Memphis. And yeah. I mentioned it before, but Memphis in that eight seed, they've got a really tough next group of 10 games. They've got to play oh. U- Utah, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, Toronto, and then they have to play New Orleans twice. Oh my gosh. And then their only, you know, quote unquote, easy games against teams that aren't in the playoffs are Portland and San Antonio, who are also right on their heels. So I, I think Memphis is the one team in the most danger here. And, you know, they would certainly hope that the season would just go straight to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, with with that, I can't imagine them they'll being better than like a four and six kind of mark. So if one of these teams that we just mentioned can rip off a seven and three like Sacramento just did recently, I think they have a good shot. I really do. So I, the, the point being, that whole group of teams, even though they're not the elite teams, you need to fire up the main guys, man, because Dame, CJ, they're letting it, They're going to be letting it all hang out. Uh, Aldridge, yep. uh, DeRozan, Fox, you know, you're going to have uh, even Phoenix with having both Baines and Eaton back and, and uh, Booker. You know, Rubio, all those guys are going to be playable because I think they'll get extra minutes. I know that, uh, you know, Pops made the playoffs I, I, some crazy amount of times in a row, so you know they're going to play hard for him. Uh, so, you know, I would say that, that there's a couple of groupings in both conferences that we've discussed that you can put, like, an extra. Like, if it comes down to building your lineup and it's between two guys that are real close – Look at those couple of pockets of teams, and if they're on one of those teams that's in that race, I think you give an
1: edge to those teams for sure. Yeah, and my big takeaway there is that a few more of those teams were in the West, so in general, I'm going to be looking a little bit more at the West than the East as a, as a tiebreaker, but certainly focused on those particular teams.
0: Yeah, there's way more uh, interest in that last spot and then the positioning in the West for sure. And then I'll, I guess I'll let since since you finished last yesterday in the tournament, I guess <laughs> I guess I'll let you handle the Warriors and T Wolves. <laughs> yeah, I, I think or actually you're the Warriors and I'm the T Wolves because I was second to last. So there we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go the T Wolves first, uh, and I'm not going to be second to last tonight. I can tell you right now, I refuse, refuse even if it's stupid simulation. Um. You know the T wolves. Who knows? I mean, they they've made so many massive moves. You know, I think I'd be excited though. I D'Angelo Russell and Cat. You know, give me those two guys, and I'll I'll build a I'll build around them. I mean, those are two two talented guys, all stars, and uh, that have made all star teams. So I think uh, you know it's not like some of these other teams that are gutted. I think they have a a nice young base uh, of some guys on that team. That are up and coming look at what Malik Beasley's done since he's been there he looks like a mainstay so I, I like the T-Wolves they're they're going to be one of my sleeper picks for that last playoff spot next year I've said that for like 15 years but that's okay I still think that they have some talent there and then you could probably do a whole show
1: about Golden State well the the exciting thing there is that Steph is back in the mix and I think they're going to Continue to feature him and, again, as Steve Kerr said, have him play for the fans who deserve it in that new stadium. And the nice thing about the Golden State situation is they are four games ahead of Cleveland and Minnesota for the worst record. So even if they play 10 games and Curry plays in all of them, I I really doubt that they would move out of that bottom spot. And, again, as we mentioned, Boy. they they only need to be in the bottom three to have the best odds at the first pick. But mm-hmm. if you look at their schedule, they've got to play – they play Brooklyn. Then they're supposed to play Milwaukee, Toronto, Indiana in the next mm. three. And then yeah. the games after that aren't aren't as tough. They'll win some of the next ones. But I, I just think that uh, that will be the thing to watch is Curry, how many minutes he's going to play. And the interesting thing was – I don't know if you remember, Coach, but when he came out in one of those recent slates, he had the same price on DraftKings as De'Aaron Fox. and yeah. And Curry was on a minutes limit, a minutes restriction, and the whole thought was, well, I mean, you can't you can't play him over Deer and and Fox, can you? But he outscored Fox. He did. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it, you know, that's that should just be one reminder here that if we get going again with more regular season games for, for Curry, no matter what the what his price is, what his minutes restriction is, you, you got to look at him in tournaments. You do. I mean, he's I can't imagine he's going to have an injury
0: wise limits restriction at this point. Uh, It'll just be simply Kerr. And, you know, Kerr, uh, if you remember, we played that clip on one of our shows. Kerr was really adamant. He thought he was ticked that people were saying, well, why not just sit Curry the rest of the year? You don't want to win. And He's like, hey, people pay for these tickets. You know, there's season ticket holders. They they want to see Curry play and he's healthy to play. Why wouldn't I play him? So That's I, I love that attitude, and I, you know, I wouldn't be afraid of dialing Curry up. I mean, he's such a pure shooter. That guy can roll out of bed and, and knock down a three. So, uh, he, you know, he might be a, a nice little guy to target early on, because yes. like you said, they're not gonna catch, they're not gonna get out of that bottom three. No, there's no way. So you can you could count on him. So awesome. Well that gives a good little overview and some pockets of teams and now, you know, like I say, the next fifteen days, we'll go deep on you know, th- there'll be two pros on every show. Each each pro will have a team. So you're gonna get a full full look at what we anticipate, you know, when they come back, in the playoffs, even you know, going forward. So it'll I think it'll be a really good preparation again. You know, I know it's not the sexiest and most fun thing to do, prepare and do your work and put the hard work in. But as I posted the other day, just keep remembering the Mamba mentality, man, those 3 a.m. wake up calls when he was preparing. Other guys were out doing all the fancy glam stuff, doing whatever and being in the spotlight. And he was in the gym. And look, you know, that's the example we want to set here. You know, we could be figuring out this League of Legends crap and ideas on the simulation stuff and things with, you know, if there's any sports going anywhere. I know Australian rules Football played and now they're not playing. So who knows? But we're not going to waste time with that stuff. We're going to dig in. And I guarantee you, you know, all these every single one of these pods, you're going to be able to take away a couple of things that are going to help when we, we start back in. So. Uh, We're sticking with our guns here, and it's going to pay off for us uh, in some takedowns and some big dollars when we get back into the mix. So you can listen to us seven days a week, everywhere podcasts are found, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. You know, since we all have a few extra minutes, which it doesn't even take a few minutes, but please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe wherever you listen to us, because then it will give you a notification of when our pod posts. Like today's is gonna go up a little late because we, we went a little long. You know, generally we try to get out a little bit earlier, but this way you don't have to keep checking. If you subscribe, it'll just give you that notification. You know, the, if you put five stars and give a little comment uh, on iTunes, we're gonna do a drawing once a month for a one month membership. That's gonna come up in a couple of weeks. So if you can take a second to do that, that'd be awesome. And on YouTube, you know, thumbs up are hugely important if you can do that uh, and then click that little uh, bell alarm to give you uh, when it's updated. We're also going to throw in some uh, actually video uh, pods uh, on YouTube. You know, we'll release, release the MP3, which is the audio version of our podcast through Red Circle, and that'll be sent out to Spotify and iTunes and all those places, but We're going to start doing uh, on occasion, maybe once a week or twice a week, uh, actual video, like where you could see Andrew and I talking right now on YouTube and uh, going through questions. And we're also going to start throwing in, we're going to schedule a couple of live YouTube shows where we can uh, take questions uh, during the show. So we're going to mix that stuff up just to keep it fresh. And this way, you know, you know, you've got a podcast every day and then some other cool things happening to uh, uh, that are going to make it even more interesting between the special guests uh, going live with the video and, uh, you know, all the other stuff that we can bring to the table. Also, don't forget about MambaOn3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Fantastic cause uh, in Kobe's behalf. Uh, Please donate to that as you can. And uh, other than that, we're just going to keep on motoring like, uh, you know, we're just going to keep in our brains pretending like within a couple of days, we're going to have some live slates to play so that we stay motivated and fresh and ready to roll. That's right. Yeah. Anything else on your side, buddy?
1: I would just say if you want to play these simulated slates with us and get a chance at the hoodie and the free month membership, then go to DFS Coach Talk, grab one of the one-week memberships. And then you'll be locked in until the NBA comes back. Um, I I think it'll be the first sport back out of basketball and baseball. Um, But you can be a member and be in our Discord with us for all this time and do fun things like participate in this Coach's Challenge. And it feels good when you beat Coach. So that, that certainly will be something that you can shoot for. Uh, I, so, yeah. You wouldn't know that very well, considering
0: you're <laughs> under 500 against me now. <laughs> no, that doesn't count for our
1: head-to-head uh, status. All uh, that matters is who gets to three victories first. Oh, okay. I, I right? see the rule. The rule shift. You're learning yep. from
0: Patria. I like it. <laughs> You've been talking to Michael on the side. He always skirts those as well. But uh, all right, we'll see what happens today. But, no, I'm with you. I join in it. We're having a lot of fun with it, and it's a good distraction for sure. And remember, if you have any questions on any of these shows, tweet us. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Language Olympic. That's Andrews. And then Michael's at Mike Apotria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. So that is it, my man. Um, great show today. I'm with Apatria tomorrow, I believe. Or no, no you,
1: you and me talking Cavaliers and Hawks.
0: We have the Cavaliers and Hawks tomorrow. How did yes. that work out?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I know.
0: Oh, I, we deserve it though. After we earned uh, it. Oh,
1: that's yes. true. That's yeah. true.
0: And then, do you do you have the next couple after that? Do you want the next? It?
1: The Thursday show is scheduled to be Apatria and Santino nice. talking about the Pistons and the Knicks. Oh, okay. Well,
0: that'll be a cool one. And, you know, you'll have you'll get to know all of our pros. There are seven pros all be scattered in there doing games. Apatry and Santino should be great. They've done some podcasts together in the past. So we're really looking forward to that combination for sure.
1: Yes, sir. All
0: right, buddy, we better roll. We're going a little long. So, listen, we thank you all. Hope this was a distraction from the crazy times that we're having. But we appreciate you all joining us for DFS Coach Talk. Uh, for my fellow NBA pros, Mike Patria and Andrew Hansen. I am Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow as we look to prepare to crush it in NBA DFS. Now, wrapping
1: basketball. basketball, number one, Flow. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way the dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king on the microphone. So. It's